Hezekiah was considered to be one of the most godly kings in the history of Judah. A great revival occurred under his reign. Today on Grace Notes, Barbara Sandbeck will begin a series entitled, Revival in the Land. She'll take a look at the conditions that brought about the need for revival and outline the preliminary steps Hezekiah took to prepare for it. So stay tuned for a blessing. If God wrote a summary statement of your life, what would it say? Here's what he wrote about Hezekiah, king of Judah, in 2 Chronicles 29.1. Hezekiah was 25 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem 29 years. His mother's name was Abijah, daughter of Zechariah. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. As we study portions of the life and work of Hezekiah, let's ask ourselves the question, Am I doing things right in God's eyes? Well, there's good news and there's bad news in Hezekiah's childhood. The bad news is that he had an ungodly father, King Ahaz, who did not do what was right. He followed the practices of heathen nations, and because of this the Lord handed him and his people over to the enemy, and he made them an object of dread and horror and scorn. God often allows affliction, so we'll turn back to him, but Ahaz did just the opposite. In his time of trouble, he became even more unfaithful. He took a downhill path away from God. Here's a rundown of his deeds. He solicited the help of the king of Assyria instead of God. He gave the temple articles to the enemy to appease them and their pagan gods. He put out the lamps and he shut the doors of the temple. He removed all the godly influences and set up pagan altars at every street corner, and he caused the people of Judah to abandon their faith in God. But there's good news God showed himself and his care to Hezekiah through the extended arms of others. Hezekiah had a godly grandfather. He spent nine years with him before he died. These are the formidable years of life. That shows me that grandparents can make a difference. He also had a godly mother. Did you notice? She's even mentioned in his epitaph. We all know the importance of a mother's role in a child's life. Unlike his father, Hezekiah chose to serve the Lord. I'm sure Hezekiah wasn't his father's favorite son, and that must have been hard to deal with. But he found favor with God, who saw his commitment and helped him. Second Chronicles 16, 9a says, The eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. Here's a list of the right things Hezekiah did as king. He stated the sins of the past. He recognized that their captivity was a result of their sin and that their testimony was ruined. He openly acknowledged his need for God. He immediately began a reformation to reverse the process, and he started with himself. He resolved to make God the Lord of his life. Then he commanded the priests and Levites first to consecrate themselves and then to purify the temple. They sacrificed blood offerings for their sins. They opened and repaired the temple doors, and they turned the lights back on. They removed all the defilement from the sanctuary and took it to the Kidron Valley, which was a dung heap outside the city. It took them 16 days to do this. Well, I looked at this and I thought, is the United States so different from the kingdom of Judah in King Ahaz's day? Psalm 33:12 says, Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. The U.S. was formed as a nation under God, and it has been blessed. But today, godly influences are becoming less and less obvious. Public prayer and Bible reading are a thing of the past. The only time God is spoken of is to blame in a tragedy. 
There are more people at Walmart and flea markets on a Sunday morning than in a church service. Churches are canceling services for lack of interest. Hardly anyone says no to conducting business as usual on the Lord's Day. Churches are turning into social clubs. Young people need to be entertained to keep them coming. There's no respect for sacred things. Rarely do people stand when God's word is read, if it's even read. There's so much talk about what to pray for. There's no time left for prayer. And that becomes gossip. Christians are living a watered-down life. They act no differently than the rest of the world. They, too, vote for their pocketbook rather than for moral issues. They expect a church to be the sole source of their spiritual supply, and they'd leave if the sermons do more than tickle their ears. They've taken God for granted. They're traveling down a path away from Him. They've lost their testimony and their power. Proverbs 14.34 says, Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a disgrace to any people. And people are laughing at Christians just like they did at the Israelites. Not because they are different, but because they pretend to be different. We need revival in the U.S. and in the world. We must acknowledge our need for God and resolve to make Jesus the Lord of our lives. He is the rock we need to stand on.
people in Hezekiah's day had to continually offer sacrifices for their cleansing, but Jesus Christ became our once and for all sacrifice through his death, burial, and resurrection. When we receive Christ as the sacrifice for our sin, our bodies become God's temple and our heart his sanctuary. In 1 Corinthians six nineteen and 20, it says, Your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God. You are not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. As believers, the Holy Spirit doesn't leave us when we sin, but how grieved he must be when we do things that Christ had to die for. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, Present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We need to do our part, identify the junk in our temple, the habits, the God-time stealers, the obsessions and literally remove the tempting things. We must open our heart and let God clean house. No reformation can occur until this is done. Psalm fifty-one, seventeen. David says, The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. O God, you will not despise. I prayed today so very hard, I didn't see a difference. I even got down on my knees to show I was persistent. I said the words I'd learned to say, convinced that God would hear. He'd surely be impressed by them and lend a listening ear. I rattled off those sacred vows, repeated phrases often. I even shed some timely tears, was sure his heart would soften. But silence ruled my time with him, his voice I could not hear. When I told him that I knew I had sinned, his message then was clear. He's not impressed with who we are or things we say and do. He gave us all we've ever had and knows us through and through. Just come to God with a humble heart and tell him how you feel. You'll find that he will hear your prayer and make his presence real. Let's stop playing church and get serious about the condition of our heart. We can make a difference in our world if we choose to do right, like Hezekiah did. We don't have to let our upbringing or environment dictate who we follow. Revival begins one person at a time, and it begins when we confess and turn from our sin. Second Chronicles 7.14 says, If my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray, and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, and will forgive their sin, and heal their land. Let's conclude now with King David's words from Psalm 51, and apply them to our hearts. Created Dream.
Father in heaven, we've sinned individually and as a nation. We ask your forgiveness. Oh God, help us to rid ourselves of our wicked ways and follow you. Hear our prayer. Heal our land. In Jesus' name, amen. If you've been blessed by this program, please write and tell us at Sandback Ministries, P.O. Box 581, Faustin, Maryland, 21047. Or email us through our website at www.sandbeckministries.com. That's S-A-N-D-B-E-K ministries.com. This is a listener-supported broadcast, so please consider sending a gift to keep this program on your station. Join us next time. Until then, let your grace notes be a song of praise.